Welcome to the Dayspring Audio Library, the teaching ministry of Pastor Daniel Rehoff. Thanks for joining us. We hope this message will have a powerful impact on your life. So sit back and enjoy today's time in the Word. discussing this series called uh, Passion, and uh, it's about kind of why, um, why, why Jesus died on the cross, and the series has been about not only just why he died on the cross, but think about this, why he didn't get off the cross, why didn't he just walk away, why didn't he just quit, what kept him on the cross. Friday night, we had a, a good Friday service, and we sp- spent some time speaking about, um, about the cross itself, kind of interesting concept we talked about, uh, if, if, you, if you weren't here. I encourage you to get it online and listen. Um, you ever think about this? The cross is an instrument of torture. You know, uh, people wear it for necklaces. You have rings. You have jewelry. We have a big cross in the front of our building. I mean, you don't put electric chair, right, on your jewelry. You don't put, you know, a firing squad in the front of your building. But a cross was an instrument of torture. And um, uh, we kind of talked about that. And I'm thankful, I'm thankful for the cross on Friday night, but I'm even more thankful for Sunday morning being Easter Sunday the time that we celebrate the risen Savior. Isn't that a great thing? You know, think about that. Every religious leader since the beginning of time is still in the tomb. Muhammad is still in his tomb. Buddha is still in his tomb. Any, any sect or any religious group, their leader is still in the tomb. The only tomb that is empty is that of the tomb of Jesus Christ. Amen, church? And proving the fact that he had not only died, but proving the fact that he had conquered death and, and I think about this, you know, when you're studying the scriptures, Jesus told his followers a lot of times that I'm going to go to the cross and I'm going to die. You know, there's going to be a good Friday. But he also said, I'm going to rise again the third day. And he told them that. And I don't know, I'm just, I'm just one of those simple guys. I think if, if I had been with Jesus, you know, for three and a half years like these guys had, um, and he had fed 5,000 men plus the women and children, I don't know, is that 20,000 people? I mean, but the point is, he fed a lot of people with a couple of fish and a couple of loaves of bread. He had healed an awful lot of people that were sick or dying. Um, we know he had raised many people from the dead. He raised his good friend Lazarus from the dead. Uh, don't you think if you were hanging out with this guy and you had seen all these miracles, and in part of the conversation he said, oh, by the way, they're going to hang me on a cross, and then three days later I'm going to rise back from the dead. I mean, let's just be honest. Don't you think if he had done all those great, amazing miracles and he had told you that, he had been like, oh, all right, he's going to die on a cross. That's not good. But he's going to come back to life again? Well, that's good. Well, I I mean, if he rose Lazarus from the dead and all these other people from the dead, I I mean, if he can do it, boom, I'm going to follow this guy. Don't you think it would be that simple that we'd want to follow it? I mean, I don't know. Maybe because we look at it through the lens of history, it's a little bit easier um, I'm going to show you a couple passages in the Bible that I think were interesting that either his disciples weren't listening, which being men probably was most the case, probably was the biggest problem, um, or they just didn't get it. But take a look at this. In Matthew chapter 16, this is in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 16, first book of the New Testament, it says this, from that time, verse 21, from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples. So who is he talking to? He's talking to his disciples. And what does he say? How that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes. And look what he says next. 
and be killed and be raised again when? The third day. So he says it this time. Uh, there's another time he's talking to his disciples in Mark chapter 9, the second book in the New Testament, verse 30. And they departed thence and passed through Galilee, that he would not any man should know it. For he taught his disciples and said unto them, The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of men, and they shall kill him. And after that he is killed, he shall rise the, what does it say, church? Third day. It's the second time he's told them. Another passage, Matthew chapter 20, verse 17. This is the third instance. And Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the twelve disciples apart in the way and said unto them, so he's talking to his disciples again, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be betrayed unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him unto the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify him. And on the, what day, church? Third day, shall rise again. So, the number of times that Jesus prophesied that he would die and come back to life in three days was how many times? We just looked at it. Three times. <laughs> I, I, whenever I say this, something like this, I just can't stop thinking of my mom. Bless her heart. She's 85 years old, still alive, healthy, praise God, doing well. And I remember as a kid, you know, I told you once, I told you. I told you three times. Inflation. No, it's like, it's like I've told you 10,000 times, right? I've told you a million times, right? And you're like, oh, yeah, you know. So there's three times that, that, that Jesus told all of his disciples. They all heard it. I mean, guys, we're reading it. Is that pretty clear? Does everyone get what we just read? Is it, is it confusing? No. He said pretty clearly, I'm, I'm going to die, and I'm going to rise again on the third day. And again, if I was with Jesus, it just seems, maybe, maybe I don't know, it would be different if I was there. He had done all these great miracles, and if he had told me this three times, I think I'd be saying, you know what? I think he's going to die, and I think he's going to rise again, and I think it's going to be in three days. I mean, don't you just think, raise your hand if you think that that made sense and you would have you got it when you were a disciple, if you were a disciple. Would you have made, made sense to you? I think you would have got it, yeah. So I think they would have, I think at the time of the cross, when they hung Jesus on the cross, and the day that we celebrate Good Friday, I just have to believe that all the disciples would have been going, ah, they're killing them. Wow. Two, three. You know, don't you think you would be saying, well, this came true. I mean, he prophesied his own birth. You know, now he prophesied his death. They're doing exactly what he said they would do. And, and he did all these great miracles. Ah, one, two, three days guess where I'm going to be Sunday morning, right? I mean, don't you think that would just kind of make sense? You think, it seems to me like it would. But, but here we are, Easter morning, uh, 2,000 plus years later, and we could ask this question because we can read the history book of it. How, how many of the disciples, now think, how many of the apostles were at the tomb Sunday morning? How many? Zero. None, none of the apostles were there. They all heard it. They heard it numerous times, three times that it was recorded. Tell you what, if you have your Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, so the third, the third book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, go to Luke chapter 23 if you have your Bible. If you don't have your Bible, we'll put it up on the screen. I just want to read the story of Easter morning and, and, and get you the idea what happened. So Luke 23, starting with verse 55, and the church, say the next word out loud, and the what? 
the women. All the women shouted that one out. Yeah, yeah, way to go. And the women also which came with him from Galilee followed after and beheld the sepulcher and how his body was laid, verse 56, and they returned back like to their home and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandments. So the Sabbath, there was a, there was a, the Sabbath was on Saturday. This was the week of Passover. There's two Sabbaths on that week. Uh, I, I explained this Friday night. I, I actually believe Jesus was actually crucified on Wednesday afternoon. We celebrate Good Friday, but Wednesday afternoon because it's three days and three nights. Listen to my message on Friday night. I explain it a little bit more. But the reality is this in the Jewish calendar even today. The next day starts at sunset of today. So sunset on Saturday probably would have been about 7 o'clock. So that's what time it is in, in Israel now, uh, as sunset is. So around 7 o'clock on Saturday night would have technically been the beginning of Sunday. So Saturday, the women were celebrating a Sabbath, which means they weren't working. They weren't allowed to do anything. The Bible says they've been, you know, kind of working on this and preparing things, which, which means sunrise or, or the beginning of Sunday would have been at sunset, Saturday night. Uh, so um, sometime between sunset on Saturday night and sunrise on what we know as Sunday morning, sometime between 7 o'clock at Saturday night and like 6 o'clock on Sunday morning, this part of the story happens, okay? So was it, was it 7.01? I don't know. Was it 5.59 Sunday morning? I don't know. My guess is these are women. My guess is they have been preparing spices and ointment. Remember, Jesus was embalmed, okay? The, the closest thing I can kind of imagine it to is think of a mummy kind of being embalmed. That's what they took this from the Egyptians. That's kind of what it was. And they would prepare a body with spices and ointment. And it was a very respectful thing. But if you read the story, read earlier in the story, you know this, that they were in a rush and, and, and sunset was coming on Wednesday. And they had to hurry up and get the body in the grave before Passover started. So they didn't do it right, if that's the way to say it. The, the, the women were just like, not done right, you know, <laughs> and, and those men, you know, Nicodemus, those guys, they didn't do it right, and so these women have been thinking about it Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and the Bible says they were preparing to do it right. Amen, ladies, you know how to do it right, and, and it's just like, it's like a potluck. I think of a potluck. If, if we know we're having a potluck at this church or some big event, the women are getting prepared for it, you know, and the women want to do it. They're, they're not sitting there going, well, I made all this food Eh, let's put it off for a couple days. No, I know the women at this church is like, you know, we're doing an event. Chop, chop. Let's get it done. Let's have the food. Let's eat. What are we waiting for? You know? And I think these women were probably, because they're human beings, were probably the same way. You know what? They didn't bury his body correctly. They didn't do it the right way. They didn't do the spices right. It just wasn't respectful. I mean, they did it. He's buried. But we can do better. That's what they're thinking. And so the Bible says they were preparing the spices. They were going to embalm the body. And I think, this is what I think, I think sunset came Saturday night, right, 7 o'clock, 7.30, something like that. I think the women were anxious to get out of the house, and they're like, you know, you ready? Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's go do it. I mean, the Sabbath is over. Remember, they couldn't work on the Sabbath. The Sabbath is over. Let's get this thing done. Let's go. Let's prepare. We've got these spices. We've got these ointments. Let's go do this respectful. Let's go take care of Jesus, and let's make sure that it was done correctly. Now, if we go to the next verse, which is Luke chapter 24, look at verse 1, the very next verse. 
Now, upon the first day of the week, which again, Saturday night, sometime after probably 7, whenever sunset was, 7.30, very early in the morning, this would have been considered early that day, they came into the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and certain others with them. Could you take your pen if you got a Bible? Would you just underline that? Certain others with them. So we know it's the women that go. Um, Pastor, who were the women? Well, I did a, a quick research through the Bible trying to figure out, because you, you see some passages that mention the women by name. Um, I think there was probably about five or six women that went. Maybe there was more. Um, we know from the Bible that um, a woman named Mary Magdalene went. Do you remember the story of Mary Magdalene? She was a woman that was possessed with devils, right? Um, became a very good friend of Jesus. Um, I believe that Mary, Jesus' mother, was there. The Bible talks about that. Uh, I believe there was another woman, uh, probably uh, uh, her name was Joanna. She was, um, her husband actually worked for King Herod. So we have someone from a political household being there as well. The Bible talks about her financially supporting the ministry of Jesus. Um, I think the mother of James, her name was Mary, was also there. I think the mother of James and John, you know, the, the one that Jesus called the sons of thunder, uh, uh, Salome, she was there. And I, I also believe this other Mary was there. Um, it would have been Jesus' aunt. It would have been Mary, Jesus' mother. It would have been her, like, sister, sister-in-law, Mary, was there. So I'm, I'm thinking from the Bible, I count six women that would have been there. Probably could have been more. But again, let's pause for just a second. How many times did Jesus tell the disciples that he's going to rise from the dead? Three times. Based on this story, based on the historical record in the Bible, how many of the apostles were at the tomb on Sunday morning? Zero. <laughs> you know, I told you once, I told you a million times, I told you to go there, and I, here's what I'm convinced. I'm convinced that the men didn't believe it. Uh, if, if the men had even thought, you know, could they, they would have, I, how, think about it this way. Don't tell me the women did this and kept it a secret. And I'm sure they were probably like, hey, you know what? Peter, do you want to help me? <sighs> no, I can't help. I'm really busy. <laughs> you know, hey, John, you want to help me? No. Hey, Jane, do you want to help me? I, I just find it hard to believe six women got together to make the trek all the way across Jerusalem to go to his tomb, you know, Saturday night after, after Sabbath, and they didn't tell any of the men. I just find it hard to believe they kept it a secret because we all know women. Like, there's just no way it was kept a secret. Amen. Other guys kind of. <laughs> yeah. All right, so look at verse 2 in the story. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher, and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, so they're sitting there going, whoa, what happened? Behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, why seek ye the living among the dead. So why are you here? Didn't he tell you? Didn't he make it known? Not once, not twice, but three times. I told you, he's not going to be here. He's going he's gonna, to uh, rise from the dead. Uh, you know, and it's just a, it's an amazing thing. I think, again, had these men believed it, I think they would have been there. I, I thought of it this way. Have you ever had a friend uh, that was maybe dying of cancer or something? We all have. Maybe they're in the ICU. Maybe there's a real tragedy. Now think, just think. Think of what you do. 
Someone's in the ICU. Someone's dying of cancer. There, there's, some, there's some tragedy happening. What are you doing? You're praying. You're thinking. And what are you doing tomorrow morning? You're going back to the ICU. You're going to sit with them. You're going to pray with them. You want to talk to the doctors. You want to talk to the people. You want to say, how's he doing? What's the improvement? What can we do? What's the new medicine? What, you know, what's the condition? That's what we do. Why? Because we're hoping for, we're praying for, we're, we're expecting an improvement in their life. We're expecting something good to be there. But here's the disciples. I just don't think they're convinced. I just, I just, I just, I can't give it to the fact that they weren't paying attention because it was said three times. But, but, but I just think all of them just weren't convinced. I even think the ladies weren't convinced. How do I think the ladies weren't convinced? Well, pastor, the ladies showed up. Right. But think about this church. What were the ladies showing up to do? They, they weren't bringing cinnamon rolls and breakfast for Jesus, Right. I mean, if you really thought he was going to rise from the dead, they would have prepared a meal, and they would have been sitting outside the tomb going, well, he shouldn't be coming out any minute now. He's probably hungry, right? I mean, because that's what ladies do. He's probably hungry. No, what do they bring? They brought spices and ointment to prepare his body for burial. They weren't expecting him to come back to life. They were expecting him to still be in the tomb, and we're going to take care of him while he's sitting or while he's laying in the tomb. But to go on to verse 6 and see what the angel says, the angel says this to the ladies, he is not here, but he is risen. And this is great. Look what, look what the angel says. Remember? Don't you remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. Look at verse 8. And they remembered his words. What do you think the ladies were doing? What do you think? Oh, that's right. Oh, you're, I, told, I told you. No, I told you. You weren't paying attention. Why did you bring the spices? You know, I, that, I just think it was like, oh, they remembered. It was like, oh, yeah. Verse 9. And returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto who? Unto the eleven disciples, since there's, there's not twelve because Judas had left already, and, on, and to all the rest. So they told them just to the disciples also, but everybody, everybody else that was there. And I think it was a really real reaction. You know, I think even the political leaders at the time, they didn't believe it. No one believed it. That's why they had to tell people. That's why people had to see for themselves. Um, it's interesting. Pastor, someone asked me, said, Pastor, what do you think the result was of the religious leaders? Well, at the moment, at the moment, I think the religious leaders denied it, and I think a lot of the religious leaders said, well, of course they said he rose again. What else are they going to say? You know, but if we actually move the clock forward about a month, in the book of Acts, it says what was the reaction of a lot of the religious leaders. Acts chapter 6, verse 7, this is about a month and a half later, and the word of God increased, and the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. I think the result of the resurrection is that they believed. I think finally it sunk into them. Finally they had proof of it. And, and at that morning it was like, ah, I don't think it happened. But I think as they got to see him, I think as, as people got to say word of it, as people got to say, oh, I saw him, I was with him, I think the word went out and it spread. And the resurrection is what made this such a unique thing and made it so incredibly different. Remember, any prophet, any martyr can die but only the Son of God can come back from life, okay? And, and so come back from death to life. Only Him. Only the, so the resurrection 
is a thing that changed their mind and they believed it, they got it, and they understood that he was not here, that he was risen, and uh, uh, they, they finally, it really clicked in their minds. And the Bible says, you know what, a lot of the religious leaders, those ones that were against him only a month and a half earlier, were probably the very ones that they got it, they believed, they trusted in Christ. And, and people say, so pastor, why did Jesus do it? Why did he die on a cross? Why did he have to go through all this? Why not when he was on the cross, why didn't he pull the nails out and get off the cross? I mean, why didn't he just say, this is stupid, this is dumb, why am I doing this? You know, why did he stay on the cross? Why did he endure literally our hell for us? Why did he literally pay the debt for mankind? I wrote down a couple of verses here. 1 John 4, 7. Look at this one. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of who? Loves God. Loves of God. The reason that, that Jesus hung on the cross is because he so loved the world. That's why. The reason, the reason that, that Jesus didn't get down from the cross is because God is love. That's what he does. Someone that, that loves someone, someone that has passion for someone, does crazy things. Does things that just don't make sense. One plus one doesn't equal two. It doesn't have to. Because God is love. This is why God did it. 1 John 4.10. Herein is love. So I'm going to explain love. Not that we love God. But that what, church? That he loved who? God loved us. That's why he did it. 1 John 4.16. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. Read those next three words with me. What does it say? God is love. That's why he hung on the cross. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. But God commanded his love toward who? Toward us. It's not a matter of us loving God, us doing something for God. God's saying, no, you don't get it. I love you. I always have. 1 John 3, 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon who? Us. God's love for us. And probably the most popular verse in the Bible says what? For God so loved the world. It doesn't say God kind of liked the world. God thought the world was swell. God thought that the people of the earth were, gee, they're nice or I'm kind to them. It says God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That's when Jesus Christ died on the cross. And this next phrase, that whosoever, church, what's this word say right here? It starts with the letter B, believes in him. It doesn't say, now listen, it does not say that whosoever goes to church. Wasn't going to church important? Yeah, I mean, I'm a pastor. I think it's nice you're here. I'm glad. <laughs> It'd be awkward if I was talking to nobody in this room. So I'm glad you're here. That's great. But it doesn't say whoever goes to church, look at the rest of the verse, has everlasting life. It doesn't say that. Oh, no, no, pastor. My, my pastor, my priest told me that I have to get baptized. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever gets baptized, does it say that? Is it good to get baptized? Hey, I'm all for you know, Christians getting baptized. That's a wonderful thing. But it's not our baptism that gets us to heaven. It doesn't say that. Matter of fact, I'll tell you this. It doesn't say that anywhere in this book, nowhere in this book, cover to cover. You ought to read it sometime. <laughs> it doesn't say it. Well, how about this, Pastor? Whosoever gives money. Now, let me be really clear on this. I'm a Baptist pastor, and I like it when people put money in the offering plate. <laughs> it helps pay for things like electricity and mortgage and, <laughs> and all those kind of important things, missions and so forth. But it doesn't say whosoever's generous. It doesn't say that. Well, Pastor, what about this? What if I just start doing really good things? Like right now, 
I'm a really good person. Well, it's good to be good. I'm not against doing good things, but it doesn't say whosoever is good. Well, pastor, what if I stop? I got some bad habits, and I'm going to stop my bad habits right now. I'm done with my bad habits. That's nice. It doesn't say whosoever stops their bad habits. Church, whosoever what? Believes. That's what the Bible says over and over and over and over again. Whosoever believes should not die, should not perish, but has right now everlasting life. Whoever believes that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he literally died on the cross to pay their sin debt. The Bible says that's the person who has believed. It's not, it's not yeah, I believe Jesus died on the cross, and I'm going to take catechism. Sorry, it doesn't say that. No, no. Jesus died on the cross, and I'm going to get baptized. Well, that's nice, but it doesn't say that. It says whosoever literally believes that Jesus Christ died on the cross, paid all their sin debt, that, that alone, not Jesus plus something, not Jesus plus you, but Jesus alone. Take a look at this verse, Ephesians, yeah, amen, 2, 8, 9. Look at this, another one of my favorite verses. It says this, for by grace are you saved through faith, and it's not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Look at the next word, not of works. That right there is what changed my life. I thought I had to be a good person. I thought I had to stop something. I started to start something. And I finally realized, you know, it's not me, lest any man should boast. If it was something I do, I'd be in heaven saying, well, <laughs> I'm here because I'm the pastor of a church. No. No one's going to be bragging about what they did because it's nothing that you do. It's all what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary. This Easter morning, we talk about the story. We, we, we all, most of you probably knew the story already. It was nothing new. But the reality of the thought is this. Where are you going when you die? That, that is the ultimate question. Where are you going? Well, I hope I'm going to heaven. I think I'm going to heaven. I might go to heaven. I didn't ask that. So where are you going? The Bible says you can know for certain you have eternal life. How? Because you believe fully on the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross and paid your sin debt. It's not Jesus plus anything. It's Jesus alone. Have you ever taken the time in your life to where you've sat there and said, you know what, God, I realize I'm a sinner. God, I can't pay for it. But God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. Three days later, he rose again. I believe his death literally paid my debt. Jesus alone. And that's all I'm believing in. I'm not believing in Jesus plus my baptism, Jesus plus my church, Jesus plus my goodness. I'm fully believing in what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary. That, my friend, that person has eternal life. Okay? That was the most important news I could share with you this, this Easter morning. Um, and, and I think it's just, it's special that you're here. And just think about that. Maybe today is the day you finally trust in the fact Jesus paid all your sin debt. You'd remember, hey, it was Easter Sunday, 2023. That's the day I fully trusted in what Christ did on the cross. Okay? Let's have a word of prayer. Um, we're done with time. I got two more minutes here. And the teachers don't want us to be done early. And uh, we'll sing another song, and uh, we'll go join the kids for the explosion. Sound good? All right, let's pray. Father God, it's good to be here today. Thank you, Lord, for uh, everyone that made it a priority to be here. Lord, we're thankful that you rose from the dead. We're thankful that the resurrection is true, proven and seen by, by all people through history, recorded. Lord, the resurrection proves that Jesus Christ did die on the cross. It proves he did pay the mortgage for our sins. Lord, we're thankful that nowhere in the Bible does it tell us we have to uh, change. We have to do something good. We have to stop doing something. We have to join a church. We're thankful that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Maybe someone this morning, Lord, 
understands that for the first time. Someone this morning is putting their trust in what Jesus did on the cross. God, I realize I'm a sinner. God, I can't pay it. But God, I believe that Jesus paid it for me. I'm accepting what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary fully as my payment. It's good to do good things, but good things don't help me get to heaven. They don't. It's fully trusting what Jesus did on the cross. Maybe someone's trusted in you as Savior today. We ask for just a special, special blessing on them. Lord, as we finish up our Easter service today, uh, pray for safety as we're out there with the kids that did just have a good time together. We'd get some good photos of our kids uh, having fun with the eggs, and it would be just a great Sunday to remember. In your name we pray. Amen. We are very interested in you and your spiritual growth. If you want to contact Dayspring for prayer or more information, you can reach us at 262-404-5092 or on the web at dayspringbaptist.com. Thanks for listening.